Hey, Christian coaches and entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Sales Strategies for Christian Coaches podcast. You're probably here because you want to build a highly impactful and financially successful business. From time to time, though, you might feel derailed by fears or confusion around sales, business model, and pricing, or not knowing what strategy to act upon next for your coaching business. I'm Justin Janowski, the founder of Faith to Influence, and when I was a new coach, I had fears around some of those same topics. Fortunately, God delivered through my business and blessed us with over 250K in revenue in year one and over a million dollars in our first three years in business. Throughout that time, I solved some of those challenges and I want to bring the solutions to you. In this podcast, we'll give you real tools and wisdom to help you develop a high integrity, high converting sales strategy to elevate your mindset around sales, money and business and help you design and price your ideal business model. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let's grow together. Hey everyone, today we're going to be talking about how to be persistent without being pushy in your prospecting efforts, on your sales calls, in your follow-up to sales calls, and in your general marketing. Enjoy the episode. Hey friends, today I want to share with you how you can be persistent as a salesperson without being pushy. Persistence without being pushy. I might call it assertiveness when done right. This is a question that came in through our Facebook group from Christina Greenfield. I'll share the Facebook group in the show notes. And I'll also invite you to share questions that you'd like to have answered on the podcast. If you've got a question about your Christian coaching business model, your pricing, your design of your live event, your uh, challenges or workshops, your sales calls, prospecting, the kinds of stuff that we cover on this podcast, of course, mindset or the art of influence. If you've got a question that you think would be valuable to receive an answer to on this podcast, I would love for you to either email me, justin at faith to influence.com that's faith the number two influence.com or join our facebook group and send me a message send me a message on facebook or post the question publicly our facebook group is sales training for christian coaches thank you for the great question christina how do you use persistence without being pushy in your coaching business i want to answer this from four different angles today number one is in prospecting How can we be persistent without being pushy when we prospect for sales calls? The second category I want to respond to this in is how can we be persistent without being pushy in sales calls on the actual call? I also want to talk about how to do this well in follow-up from a sales call with a prospect who said not right now, but is interested in potentially working with you in the future and how to do this in general marketing efforts. So, How do we show up with persistence without being pushy when we're prospecting? This requires creativity and understanding. And there's also an element of just having a strong plan for prospecting. When I was working with my former company, Epic Impact, prospecting was my job. You know, now running my own coaching business, of course, I've got a number of hats that I wear, but I've always recognized that the number of sales opportunities I have, the number of calls I'm on with qualified prospects is one of the very most important things to the success of my business. And so when I'm prospecting, 
I developed a strategy again, years ago before faith to influence existed, that was really helpful in making it easy for the right people to get on my calendar and also made it easy for me to feel persistent without being pushy. And the creative creativity in the, the structure sounds and works like this. On a first prospecting effort, I like to send a text message. I think that's one way to be persistent without being pushy. Uh, a, a text is just so easy to receive. And I'll send a text message saying like, hey, John, here's what I'm doing. I thought we should connect because of this or, you know, Susan connected us and I'm reaching out because I want to have a conversation about this to see whether or not the work that I'm doing may be a fit for you or someone you know. So I'm going to send out that first prospecting message. We'll certainly, I'm sure, address prospecting in this podcast on a call all of its own. But if I send out that first message, oftentimes I think what a lot of coaches are doing is they're waiting to see if they get a response or not. And if they don't, they're not sending a second message at all because they don't want to be seen as pushy. I believe that you should send a second message. In fact, if you give somebody a couple of days to respond to your message, it's possible they opened it, they intended to respond later, but they never got back to it. I know that happens to all of us. And so as a secondary message, I might just pop in and say something kind of professional, but laid back like, hey, just, just making sure that you saw this. Are you open to having a call? Or I might even just like click heart on the original message, as funny as that is, if you've got uh, a, an iPhone or if you are sending Facebook messages, things like that, you can just like, you know, hold your finger down on the message and, and put heart on it so that a new message appears or even a question mark on it um, to kind of re-ask the question. But that second follow-up, usually something professional like, hey, just, just checking to make sure that you saw this. Are you open to having a call two days later? is a simple and assertive way to follow up. And I don't think anyone's going to be pushy or think that you're pushy if you have sent that second message when they didn't respond to the first. Oftentimes, though, the, the bigger challenge becomes, what do we do after that if they don't respond? And I don't actually think you should give up yet. I think we should continue to be assertive to invite people to a call and make it as easy as possible for the right people to say yes. And so a third attempt might come, say, five days after the first attempt, three days after the second attempt, you can do this in whatever structure and timeline makes sense for you. But I might go day one, day three, day five, or day one, day two, day five. Um, however you want to do it, that third message is where I really want to bring creativity to be persistent without being pushy. So I'll send a funny GIF. I know a lot of you probably call it GIF, uh, but I'll send a, a funny GIF, like a, one of those moving pictures uh, as a third prospecting attempt, there's a cookie monster GIF where the cookie monster is up against the table. I think he might even have a tie on and he's rattling his fingers against the table with a look of impatience, his chin in his other hand as he taps his fingers uh, as if he's waiting. And there's a bunch of funny GIFs uh, that you could find to communicate the same message. You could grab from a favorite movie or television show of yours, a character, uh, just kind of following up. And I think finding something that's funny is a really smart way, a creative way to grab people's attention without them being like, oh my gosh, here's another message about this. I think it can break their pattern and cause them to laugh and have a good time. And I can't tell you how many times sending that Cookie Monster GIF 
got a response from people like laughing, saying, LOL, saying, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to get back to these initial messages. This is hilarious. When can you talk? I think it's a nice third message that instead of following up uh, again, asking for a call, I'm not including any words with this. So it takes away the pushiness and it replaces it with creativity and persistence and and goofiness, which I think sometimes that, that playfulness can be really helpful. And then if that isn't responded to, I'll even send a fourth message, maybe a week or 10 days out from the original message. I might send a fourth message. And at this point, this is where I'm going to be understanding. And I'm just going to give them an out while closing the loop. So attempt number one, I'll go through the four attempts in just a second. So here's how, how the fourth attempt works. I give them an out and I close the loop. So I'm going to send a message saying like, hey, John, clearly this is a really busy time for you. I know we're all going through a number of different things that people know nothing about in our personal lives and our business lives. And uh, it just must be a busy season for you. Uh, I'm going to make a note to just follow up with you in six months. Maybe it won't be so busy then. Between now and then, I hope you have an amazing few months. And if I can ever support you, feel free to reach out. Something like that where you absolutely validate them not responding. You say like, hey, I know life gets really busy. You know, you might be going through a really busy season. I've been there before. I'm just going to make a note not to, not to check in with you anymore about this for now, but to follow up with you in six months to see if it's a better time to connect then. This way you close the loop. You don't and, and, and actually you open a door to you following up again and asking again in six months very professionally. And when you ask again in six months, they'll see your persistence, your follow through, your professionalism. They won't experience any pushiness, especially because you never made it seem like they did anything wrong. You were supportive and understanding and a professional in giving them space and time before following up again. If you had your final message to somebody be a message asking them for a call that they didn't respond to, and then time passes and you're, you're reapproaching to ask again, there's just that reminder sitting there in the thread that they didn't respond to the last one. And maybe like an awkwardness where they wonder if like you feel weird about them. You don't know when to follow up again because it's just been kind of left open. It was in their court. They didn't follow up. They didn't respond. And so all of this is removed when we just like in that fourth attempt, give them that out, give them validation for not responding and push it off for six months, choosing then to put it in our calendar and follow up at that point. That's a way to be persistent without being pushy. So the four prospecting attempts are number one, just a direct ask, including your mission statement. And oftentimes I like the language of, uh, wanted to see if you'd be willing to jump on a call to see if this may be a fit for you or someone you know. Are you open to that? Attempt number two, hey, just checking back in on this, wanted to make sure you saw my message, something simple like that. Step three is to try something creative, funny, goofy, playful, like a funny GIF or GIF. Uh, you could send a video of yourself. You could do something that's different. You could, your video, by the way, you could be wearing a funny costume. If Mark Sievercrop listens to this, I could totally see him sending a video of himself wearing a Halloween costume or throwing on a Ted Lasso mustache to get people to laugh and interrupt the pattern. And the fourth attempt is to validate them not uh, responding, telling them that you totally understand it must be a really busy season for them. You're just going to give them some space. You'll reach out again in six months. By the way, when you send that really thoughtful, uh, loving, 
space giving message, a lot of people will respond to that and say, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Like I've been meaning to follow up with you. Like, thank you. Six months would be better. Or thank you. Like I'm actually free in a couple of weeks. Can we talk then? So that's how we, we show up with persistence rather than pushiness and prospecting. In a sales call, the way this is done is through curiosity. So on an actual sales call, persistence usually is necessary when we receive objections. After we've made an invitation to our program, we've shared the price, we've said, do you want to do this? Is this something you'd like to be a part of? And there's an objection. This is a time for us to be persistent through curiosity rather than pushy. Too much challenge probably feels like it's us against them. A canned line, uh, an objection handling canned line to follow up probably feels like pushiness or inauthenticity. But the way to be super persistent here is to validate and to be curious. So that could sound like, I totally get it. It is a big investment. Tell me more about that. That's persistent and not pushy. Uh, another way to be persistent and not pushy uh, would be to say, um, yeah, I, I get it. it. It is a big time commitment. Talk me through your calendar and why this feels like it might be heavy for you right now. Just to like really understand. If we seek to understand through curiosity, ultimately with enough of the right questions and enough understanding, we can help people make the best decision for them in a really thoughtful way. We can usually find the truth two or three layers deep. The way I might be curious, like with, with someone who says, I want to talk to my spouse or my significant other about this or my business partner or whatever it might be. It's like, I totally get it. This is a big decision. I'd talk to my wife about this too. Let me ask you a question though. Have you made your decision for you yet? If he says, whatever you think, babe, I trust you. Do you know what you want to do? This is a curious way to help people take ownership of their own decision. It's not pushy. It's not trying to force them to decide without their spouse's consent. It is, however, curious and loving. And so in objection handling, curiosity gives the opportunity for persistence without pushiness. The third uh, category I want to talk about is in follow-up. And so whether it, it may be the example that uh, I just ran through where somebody's like, yeah, I do want to talk to my spouse. Have you made your decision for you yet? And they're like, yeah, I'm in. I want to do this. I just need to check in with them. We set ourselves up to be pushy if we say, okay, sounds great. Let me know uh, what he says. Or if somebody says, I, I just need some time to think about it. And we say, okay, cool. Like reach out when you're ready or I'll follow up with you in a few days or something like that. Because if we leave it open-ended for follow-up or even, even the person who says like, oh, it's not the right time, but like three months from now, six months from now, if we leave that open end and we say, cool, sounds good, talk to you soon and get off the phone, that means we have to go back to prospecting again. Whether it's a day from now, three days from now, a week, three months, a year, whatever timeline we agreed upon, if we just leave the call without scheduling that call, we are setting things up for us to have this persistence slash pushy battle with ourselves again because what happens if in three days the person who said they were going to make the decision in three days talk to their spouse you reach out via text and they don't respond now what do you do do you text them again how many times would you text them how much time would you wait before texting them and might this seem pushy or desperate when in reality they're the one who's not following through so the way that we 
show persistence without being pushy in follow-up is we never end a call with somebody who does not buy without booking the next call, unless they're no longer a prospect and we're never going to follow up with them again. If there's any kind of follow-up a day from now, three days from now, a week, three months, a year, any kind of follow-up is somewhat agreed upon. We must book the call now. So what I'm oftentimes going to do with that, that spouse objection is, is kind of work through if they made the decision for themselves yet, help them take ownership of their part in the decision, and then say, awesome, like, do you want to talk? Can we schedule a quick 15-minute call for tomorrow or Friday so that I can answer any final questions you have and we can make that decision together after you've talked with your spouse and prayed on it? People will always agree. No one ever declines to set up that next call with me. If they were to decline, that would tell me that they're actually a no. They're not a thinking about it. They're not a maybe. They're not a real follow-up. They're a no. But anybody who's sincere about working with you and just needs some time to think about it or needs a follow-up in three months or six months, we'll schedule that call with you right now. I will schedule it. They're like, let's follow up in six months. I'm like, awesome. If you're anything like me, your calendar fills up and you get busy and you get distracted, can we just book a time right now? Obviously, with it being six months out, uh, I'll be happy for you to text me ahead of time and reschedule if need be. And I'll you know, ask for the same grace that if I need to make a change, we can move to a different day or a different time as the event approaches. But by putting it in our calendar now, I know that we'll both have that reminder at the very least to check in with each other. And if we can hold the call time, let's pick a time that normally works for us during the week and try to hold the call six months from now. That way we'll have a time set aside to connect. Does that sound good? And people will agree to that. And so to avoid being pushy, but to be persistent, agree and commit to yourself right now. You will never end a call without a yes, a no, or the next call already booked. Because then all you have to do is show up. And then in general marketing, the final category I want to address in this, it's important to be consistent in your nurturing of people. If you consistently nurture your audience, which means you add value, 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 and then you assertively ask them to buy or to make a decision occasionally, that assertive ask is going to feel really good. It's going to feel really fair. There's not, not going to be anything pushy about that because your audience is going to already love you, respect you, appreciate you for all the value you've been adding. Now, those are like long game strategies, these consistent nurture plans. You might, if you're a newer coach, just pick one. If you're a more experienced coach, maybe you have two ways of nurturing your audience. If you're already a six-figure coach or a seven-figure coach, you probably have multiple ways in which you're nurturing your audience. But for a new coach, like you might just pick one of sending out an email once a week or making a Facebook post once a week, going live inside of your Facebook group once a week. Um, you know, doing a YouTube video consistently once a week, having a podcast, releasing a new episode once a week. It doesn't have to be once. It could be twice a week. It could be three times on whatever thing that you're choosing. It could be every single day if that's for what's for you. Uh, but having a plan that's consistent and nurturing and giving to your audience again and again and again and again and sprinkling in assertive asks regularly is a way to be top of mind and persistent without being pushy. I hope these things are helpful. Thanks again, Christina, for the great question. 
And if you would like to ask me a question and have it answered on one of these future podcast episodes, I'd love to hear from you. Even if you just have feedback on the podcast and your experience, I would love to hear from you. You can email me directly at justin at faith2influence.com. You can also find me on Facebook and send me a message or join our group, uh, Sales Training for Christian Coaches. Uh, that would be uh, another way to connect. I'd love to hear from you, and I look forward to continuing to serve you. God bless you all. Have an amazing, amazing week, and let's be persistent. Let's be persistent and assertive without being pushy. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe to our podcast. And if you'd like a free copy of our 10-step sales process for Christian coaches, go to www.f2itribe.com slash free.